0: 52 Wallaby Way, Sydney.
1: (laughs) I I don't think you get to hear the ridiculous message, listeners, that gets played by the computer voice to say this meeting is being recorded, (laughs) Coxie.
0: Because it was meant to be me saying 52 Wallaby Way, Sydney. 52 (laughs) Wallaby Way, Sydney. Because we're coming to Sydney. Yes, yes. Yes. And like, uh, is it Dory? Is it Dory that that, that had the memory is, that couldn't, is,
1: Yeah, didn't have a memory more to the point? Isn't it ironic that you can't remember that it was Dory that didn't uh, have the memory?
0: <laughs> I think I got a bit on my plate this week and some incidental facts may have slipped through.
1: I was just going to say, it's been one of those weeks here at uh, Tradies in Business HQ. G'day listeners. Uh, we are coming to Sydney. Newsflash. Uh, if you don't know... Then, uh, And if you happen to be in Sydney, sorry to the Victorians, you're not allowed to leave at the moment. Again, sorry. Mm. Uh, But if you're around Sydney um, and you're a listener or a stalker or a client of Tradies in Business and you'd like to come down and meet us, was a Nick, we are going to be at the Coogee Bay Hotel on Thursday, the 3rd of June at 3 p.m. Now, it's not just us, Coxie. No, no we've it's not. pulled in a couple of people who know some stuff about some things and they're going to talk about some other stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> not just <we're>, – <laughs> that
0: sounds really vague. But I can't promise you beers. The beers will be on us. Beers. Yeah, come, beer, come for a wine.
1: Yeah, beer and a wine. Um, we're going to shout. So if you turn up, we'll buy you a free drink mm-hmm. um, as opposed to buying you an expensive drink. <laughs> and uh, we've got some industry experts coming down to chat through – um, probably your concerns and questions, or even if you just want to come and listen and stand up the back, we'll be talking about materials shortages. We'll be talking about rising labor costs, um, tough, uh, staffing and recruitment issues and pretty much anything else that you want to chat through. We will have some of our tradiepreneurs down there as well. So our top mm-hmm. level clients are coming down so you can rub shoulders with trade business owner royalty. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and we might even have a snapper there, which is not a crocodile but a photographer, um taking some photos and stuff. So uh get on down, Coogee Bay Hotel, three PM june third, twenty twenty one. If you're listening to this after that date, really sorry we missed you. But you should have been listening live to the episodes as they were released and then you, you should have known. On. This is on you. <laughs> now, today's episode is is a great one. Actually, it's a bit left of field. Um, not something that we had thought about, to be honest. And it's a cracker about the diamonds in your own backyard. So if you do any form of marketing or advertising, you really need to listen to this episode, Coxie. Enjoy. All righty. So, g'day, Coxie. Good morning, Laurie. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. I'm hoping that not everybody heard the uh, the security announcement that Zoom now has on these calls to say it's being recorded, just in case we weren't sure. Um, we are talking about, I guess, um, repeat business. It's a big part of trade businesses, and we bang on about it. Actually, I don't think we bang on it about it enough, Coxie. It's
0: probably one of our little income. secrets that we keep up our sleeve, isn't it? <laughs> and only, we're only going to tell you, isn't that the way it normally goes?
1: Yeah, this is like lifting the lid on the secret sauce for our Tradiepreneur community and sharing it with you as a podcast listener. Um, we are chatting to somebody who knows a lot about uh, repeat business and, uh, and rebooking clients and that is a man by the da- name of David Waring. I'm going to drop the, the bomb straight away, mate. Former Uber driver. Uh, <laughs> we Will just get that out in the open, David. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Absolutely, you'd be amazed. Thank you. You'd be amazed how many great business ideas come out of an Uber ride.
1: <laughs> you are not wrong. So, uh, mates, you are one part of a business called repeatbooking.com.au dot com dot Is the is the URL obviously, but um, you haven't always done software and stuff mate other than uber driving can you give our listeners a bit of a background as to how you came to be doing this david
2: yeah so that thanks very much so i'm a marketing guy but mainly i've actually worked for car companies for 25 years so uh car companies are all about wanting to get you as a customer and to keep you as a customer and to keep you coming back for your service uh, bookings and lots of maintenance and make sure that you don't go and see a mechanic who's outside of the dealer network, and this is what I did for the vast majority of my career. I worked for three three uh, manufacturers, and I actually lived in Singapore for 10 years doing it. So I came back to Australia and thought, how can I harness all of that experience that I learned about how to deal with customers and make it better for consumers but also small business operators? So that's a little bit about my background and about how I've worked in um, what we call direct marketing or loyalty marketing for pretty much three decades.
0: Cool. It's great for you to give away your age on the podcast, David. Yeah,
2: I've I'm, I'm <laughs> recently turned 50, so uh, I'm, I'm re- regrettably I'm just having to own that one these days.
1: <laughs> no shame in being 50. I think it's one of those things that we just embrace as we get yeah. to that age. Denial yeah. doesn't work anymore.
2: I'll probably, I'll probably add to just, just if you want a little more uh, with this. So um, you were good enough to um, drop the bomb that I have been an Uber driver. And, yeah, from uh, 2016 through to about 2019, I did about 9,999 Uber trips. I refused to do the extra one. But uh, I actually met my two business partners for both our businesses. So we have a business called repeatbooking.com, which is for uh um, Some of your listeners, so tradies and small business operators who want to get smart with um, automated marketing systems, but our first business we started was a business called Get Reminded and we have over 50,000 people who've now downloaded the free app for Get Reminded and that's all about being reminded of when your car rego is due and when your insurance policies are due. Mm. And I built these businesses with two people I met in two Uber rides.
1: (laughs) Because the intelligent <laughs> people
0: use an Uber, right? There's well, a new business slogan for the them. The
1: rebels
2: and the thinkers. Or, or, or alternatively, they could say um, Uber, it's not like it used to be. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a bad segue into, I guess, business and doing business as a, a tradie, uh, a tradie in business. Uh, there's a, a oft-overlooked opportunity for a lot of businesses we certainly find um coxie and i uh, in our our work as the founders of the Tradepreneur program and the work we do as business coaches and mentors is that a lot of people are looking outwards for business they're looking at what what marketing do i need to do and should i be running facebook ads and what about you know pay-per-click google ads where do i go find more more customers and uh not enough people, actually not many people, to be honest, look inwards at, well, who have we already got a relationship with? And that was why we were keen to chat with you today, David, because this not only brings that conversation to light, but also brings a system and a way of actually making this easy for business owners to do that. So uh, tell us a bit more about, I guess, your philosophy as well around uh, that particular point.
2: So... It's really interesting that you talk about the difference between in marketing terms we talk about acquisition marketing as opposed to retention marketing. Retention is keeping the ones you've already got, acquisition being going out and finding new ones. Now, there's an old adage in marketing world that says that it costs 15 times more to get a new customer than it is to keep your existing customer. Hmm. Now, but that sounds really good in a textbook. (laughs) In reality bringing it to life and getting people to understand why that's the case is a very difficult thing to do but here's the hilarious thing is even the biggest companies in Australia like Telstra and double AMI insurance and whatever they give the best deals to the new customers mm. not the existing customers yep so if you think that as a, if one of your listeners or one of your tradey customers, it feels that they're not doing a great job in retention marketing, don't worry, lots of really big businesses do a terrible job of it as well. (laughs) Absolutely terrible job. I I mean, only last month I had to recontract with one of the big three mobile phone providers for myself. And I was told very politely that the really good deal that was being advertised on the radio was only available to new customers. And I have been with them for a long, long time.
0: Ridiculous. And
2: I, I j- it just blows my mind. It really yes. does. It's madness. And, and whether or not you're talking about the tradey environment and the small business environment or the big business environment, we're surrounded by choice these days. It's really easy to move. Mm. And in the case of your listeners and the people who try and glean some um, knowledge out of what you guys are sharing here, the most important thing on that is that most customers forget who they are within three months Ooh. of them doing a job yep. because they've lost your phone number or uh, the fridge magnet's fallen off the fridge. And more importantly, the small business owner, the tradie probably doesn't have any kind of automated follow-up marketing system to make sure that he stays top of mind. So, but but I wanted to m- make sure that your listeners know that they're not alone. Even the biggest customers in Australia do exactly the same thing.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. It's easy to
0: let it slip, unfortunately. Sorry, yeah. right
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, and, and it, remarkably, when we worked on this philosophy, and this is very much a car company philosophy, this is a big company philosophy, philosophy. And, and let me assure you that There are companies overseas and in Australia that do this well, that spend millions of dollars a year to have automated marketing systems with emails that miraculously arrive at exactly the right time. And you think, how on earth did they know that? (laughs) Or or Facebook advertising that seems to arrive remarkably exactly when you've just written something or searched for something. And We could talk all day about automated systems and social media listening tactics and the like, and I would terrify most of your listeners with what is actually out there to predictively send you this information. But all we've decided to do was to say, why don't we try and bring a really cost-effective way to let small businesses do what big businesses are capable of doing? And that's what we did when we built a business called repeatbooking.com. And we do it in Australia under repeatbooking.com.au.
1: So before we jump into the the how, I guess um, I'm fascinated by why. I love a bit of uh, serial packet uh, philosophy and, uh, you know, pulling things apart. Why do you think it is that businesses, including big business, don't put more focus on existing customers and, you know, retention strategies. I I have had the same experience for 25 years with product providers and service providers and I love (laughs) to… I love to wind my darling wife up when she gets hot under the collar about the insurance company, you know, putting up the car insurance rate and finding out they're running a good deal for new customers. And she literally gets on the phone and argues with the call centre person about, you know, well, why can't you just do me that same price? This is ridiculous. It's like, honey, just let it go. I think
2: I like your wife.
1: <laughs> so why, why don't more businesses actually – well, why why do you think more businesses don't put more focus on retention and are so driven to do the acquisition stuff?
2: So I think luckily now that I'm not attached to an industry or a company, I can be brutally honest about this. But <laughs> having been on the corporate side, I can tell you what the real answer is. Sales departments hold the control in all of these companies, not the marketing departments. Sales departments get paid sales commissions on new customers. All the metrics for top line management is all based on new customers, new business all the time. And retention marketing is a bit um, it's a bit dull for some people. but the reality is it's also the most profitable part of your business. and um, uh, you know having lived overseas for 10 years, I, I would say that our customer relationship style marketing that we have in Australia, Is pretty much in the sandpit and at kindergarten level on a global level. On a global scale, we don't look after customers well in this country.
1: I was waiting to hear what you're actually going to say. I thought my guess is it's terrible. Uh, And if you were going to say Australia's retention marketing is is actually pretty good, I'm not really seeing that as a consumer.
2: I mean, I'll I'll give I'll, I'll pick up on what you said about your wife and your car insurance. Please, somebody explain to me how a depreciating asset can have an increasing insurance policy. Just help me to understand.
0: I don't think I can, David. I think that one's lost on me totally.
2: It hurts my brain on a Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we call it in the Get Reminded repeat booking world, we call it the loyalty tax.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's pretty much it. You pay more for staying with an existing provider.
1: Mm.
0: The good news is, though, it's quite simple for us as trade business owners or small business owners to make a change and stand out from the crowd, right?
2: Well, well it is, but it's also got to be a modern solution. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we used to live in a world 20 years ago where a trader or a small business would print flyers and put them in the letterboxes. That's not going to work anymore. Or you'd go and see if you can insert them in a a local newspaper or something. But people don't read the newspapers anymore. So we've all got to adjust to a more modern way of approaching these things. Now, the most important thing that everybody has in their world today is one of these things, okay? Everybody has their life on these things. Now, I'll give you an interesting insight. So when we started Get Reminded that we have now 50,000 users, We found out in the first month that 92% of the people who interacted with us were using a mobile phone. Mm. So we went, oh my God, we're going to have to build an app now Mm. because uh, everybody wants to interact on a phone. So then we had to go and find 300 grand somehow to go and build an app. And I don't know about you guys, but vaporizing 300 grand is pretty hard. So I've got a bit of experience in understanding how people interact, whether it's businesses or whether it's individuals. So there are ways to do it, but it's got to be cost-effective. It's got to be direct into the hands of the customers mm. that you want, and there's got to be a way that you can either track it or that you can get an immediate response from the customer directly back to you.
1: It's something that uh, I, I also think a lot of trade businesses overlook that fact that most people use a mobile, and I'll, I'll be honest Uh, For us here at Tradies in Business, we've learned that lesson even and I guess, you know, to those of you listening to this episode, I suspect there's not many of you sitting in front of your computer listening to this on the web version (laughs) or from our website Uh, and even our content. Uh, that we have for our members, we've had to do a lot of work to make our Tradiepreneur member content uh, mobile-friendly because most people are watching how to fill out your cash flow forecast spreadsheet on their mobile phone, sometimes sitting on the dunning, I suspect. But, uh, you know, they're using a mobile device and, um, you know, tr- trade business customers are no different to that. So um, what's, I guess, what's the... Uh, Maybe if we talk a bit about the how, you know, it's it's is it hard? Because I think a lot of people we talk to, they're like, oh, yeah, I've got email addresses, they're in my bookkeeping software and you just see their brain start to get a bit of steam coming off it because they're thinking, how the heck do I sit there and type an email to 1,500 past clients and do they even want to hear from me? And they're just going to get cranky because I'm sending them a message and how have you dealt with those sorts of uh, resistance
2: thoughts, David? Yeah, so I don't think that there's so much resistance. I think that that in the world of automated marketing or marketing processes, we have a saying, and permit me to use some colorful language, but we have a saying which is shit in, shit out. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a a list of invoices that you've used, of customers that you've serviced in the last one year or two years, and you've got 50% of them have got an email address and 20% of them have got a landline phone number, and 10% of them have got uh, a mobile phone number, you're not in a good starting point to be able to have an automated system because you've got to be very, very clear how you're going to deliver your message to a customer or a customer of yours. So we know from our experience that the best way for a tradie to deliver his message is SMS. Because if he collects the mobile phone number of all of his clients, firstly, he can automate it. Secondly, he doesn't have to do it manually. So he can set up a message and, and be able to work out when he wants to send them. And the third one is, is that there's a direct response mechanism. But the best thing is that under the Privacy Act, which is pretty strict in this country, he has the deferred right to send one message after servicing a client to be able to initiate a return contact without being in breach of the Privacy Act.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
2: Mm. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We've become very compliant with the Privacy Act.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know it inside out.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I do. But in fundamental terms, when a tradesman or a small business operator collects your telephone number for the act of doing a job, then he has the right to be able to contact you back without your permission to be able to remind you of that job. He's not marketing any other services. He's re- he's marketing what's called related services.
1: Yep. And there's a lot exactly. of – sorry, David. I think there's a lot of fear about that amongst business owners as well. You know, there's a lot of talk about spam and, and spam laws, particularly in Australia because we do have very very tight laws in this country. So it blows my mind some of the stuff that is acceptable uh, overseas. Uh, it'd be kind of cool as a marketer. It makes your job a whole lot easier. <laughs> you can reach a lot more people. But, uh, you know, I actually support you know, our laws here in Australia and New Zealand is is quite similar.
2: Yeah, um, but, but reach is one thing. Response yeah. is what we actually want. So you could go and spam a million people with a great deal, but I can tell you that the standard response rate for spam communication is 0.25 of 1%. Mm.
1: Hmm. what's what's some of the stats um it's a great point when we start looking at uh, certainly here with some of these um sms messages you know sending a message out to say hey we did a job for you uh you know would you like us to do it for you again yeah. what's have you got any examples or some stats around that just to give listeners an idea of how effective this can be
2: yeah so firstly Sending a message as a, as a tradesman or a small business operator, sending a message to somebody, say, hypothetically, a year after you last saw them, the first of which would be not to say, would you like me to come again? Because you're actually better to send it as a reminder. Because most customers are very binary in their choices. You send them a reminder to say, it's a year since you've had X service done. Would you like to book again? Click this number. Don't say, would you not like to book again? Just say, when you'd like to book again, click this number. And I do have an example for you. So we've had a number of what we would call trial or beta customers using repeat booking now for the last six months. And our foundation partner, who's actually a very good friend of mine, he runs a business as a domestic high-end oven and barbecue cleaner. That's what he does for a living. And it's a very profitable business. If you can have lots of customers every day, Mm -hmm. but you can imagine that as a single operator with a nicely decked out van and two kids that scream at you every morning and every afternoon and, and the like, my mate, I assure you is busy enough doing two jobs a day and doesn't have time to barely do the books at the end of the day, let alone any outbound marketing. And that's actually the funny story about how we started repeat booking because he came and was doing actually the oven at my mother and father's house. And I said to him, how's business going? And he goes, oh, it's good for the next two weeks, but, you know, I've got no bookings after that. And I said, but surely you just go back to everybody you just went to a year ago and say, hey, your oven's due for a clean. And he went, oh, that's a good idea. I never (laughs) thought about that. And I said, but hang on, if I could automate that for you, would you pay for me to do that for you? He goes, oh, absolutely. Fast forward one year, we actually built the system, stuck his database onto repeat booking and started sending automated SMSs to every one of his customers one year after the last known invoice date. And repeat booking platform now represents somewhere between 50 and 62% of his daily business. Mm. And he's at the point right now he needs to put another person on to replicate his service.
0: I think we forget that we're actually doing the clients a favour by reminding them. It's yes. it's a service to remind them to do the thing. Like when I think about my air conditioners, if I don't have them cleaned every year, I avoid the extra warranties that I have. Right. And if the business that, that install those air conditioners don't remind me, I forget. And there goes my warranty because I've forgotten. So that business is actually doing me a favour, a service by reminding me. And I absolutely press that button to book it every single time because otherwise I would have forgotten and I know I void my warranty.
2: And the same can be said for your pest control services and your uh, domestic cleaning services or even just an electrician or a plumber who knows full well that people have an aggregated amount of work that needs to be done over the year and you can just send them a reminder one year later to say, hey, I fixed up some things at your house last year, got anything that needs to be done, click on this number.
1: And every house has a hot water system and a switchboard Mm -hmm. and smoke alarms and, you know, I literally glanced at the little sticker in my wife's car this morning, uh, on the way back from the gym to see when it was due for a service. And it's, it's the modern version of the mechanic sticker on the back of the windscreen. And I've had mechanics not put the sticker on before. And it's like, damn it. I don't know when this thing's due for a service now. I'll have to go and check the logbook, and, you know, find the invoice and it's all too hard. So it just, <laughs> it's such a simple thing.
2: So the reality is that what we're talking about here is one of the three key triggers as to why businesses and small businesses need to have automated systems like this. Mm -hmm. Firstly, people don't remember when they need your service next time. Your customers are not good enough to know when they need you again. Secondly, I'll guarantee you that most of them lose your telephone number Mm -hmm. and therefore have no idea who you are, what you were. I mean, my mate who's the oven cleaner... My mother's been having him clean the oven for the last 10 years. My mother rings me every time. <laughs> What's your mate's telephone number? So if I'm not around, what happens? She goes on to Google. She goes looking for an alternative and it's just a vicious circle again.
1: And it's a it's a real thing too. Uh, over the years I've dug into a bit of um, Google search traffic numbers for various businesses, including our own. and it's it's well i won't say mind-blowing it's probably scary the amount of google searches that are customers existing customers going to google to find your phone number as the business Mm -hmm. owner it's like bob's plumbing service they literally typed that in because like his name was bob he did the thing with the plumbing oh i'll google his name yeah and it's like and if bob's not all over his website and his SEO and everything else, up comes 700 other plumbers in the area, including all the people spending money on ads. And it's like, oh, that looks like a good deal. Yeah. And Bob's just lost a customer.
2: And and on top of that, most Bob probably used to have a nice fridge magnet or a sticker that he'd have made and definitely probably, you know, sweated over the design of his business card <laughs> for three months and, and, didn't actually understand that, firstly, in the case of my oven cleaner, mate, that most people have, you know, a 10000 or $5,000 oven and they don't want an ugly sticker on it, so they take mm-hmm. it off. Mm-hmm. Most people have got a lovely stainless steel fridge these days and nobody wants any, any magnets on those. And the business card went straight in the bin the minute that he handed it over. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, for example, we encourage our subscribers at Repeat Booking to also uh, invest the time to make a VCF card so that when you are um, when you meet a new client, you send them a VCF card so they can save it to your, their phone.
1: Can you just explain for some of our less um, tech-savvy <laughs> listeners what a VCF card is, David?
2: Yeah, so in both Android phones and in iPhones, you can create a contact, as you do with every other contact. You can create a contact which is you. And you can put your name and your business details and email addresses and addresses and everything. And then when you have that contact, you can actually share that to any other mobile phone user. So that becomes like a virtual business card. You're hmm. sending your contacts to people. And it's called uh, a VCF file that arrives in the um, inbox of the recipient and they can choose to save it to their phone.
1: Simple stuff. It is and- And that's the beautiful thing about retention-based marketing is the fancy name for it, but um, loving your current customers uh, is just, you know, making it easy is actually easy uh, and it's not expensive.
2: Well, I mean, if you take the analogy that I said right at the beginning, which is it costs 15 times as much to acquire a new customer, just simply give your existing customers a reason to rebook with you. Remind Mm -hmm. them and give them a reason. Mm. So my mate who's the oven cleaner, rebook with me now, I'll give you 50 bucks off. Mm. He's booked out for months, months and months and months.
1: Something else that I talk to people about, sorry, Nicole, um, is that marketing costs and actually, you know, if you think about the amount of money that people spend on – facebook marketing seo google adwords whatever they're doing even if it's offline marketing with flyers and those sorts of things networking breakfast you know they spend thousands of dollars on those strategies yeah reinvest some of that back into your existing clients and exactly as you say you know 50 bucks off it's like oh you know i'm not discounting my services and so you're not discounting your service you're actually you're investing in marketing you know it's that's the the acquisition cost to retain a customer rather than the exorbitant acquisition cost of buying a new customer who then leaves you again next year anyway. So, you know, why not give some of your marketing dollars back to your existing customers and they will love you for it. You know, even referral fees and programs and loyalty bonuses and those sorts of things. It's like that is, that should be seen listeners as part of your marketing investment.
2: And and, and to, To really dovetail into that, you've got to be really mindful that I would suspect that a lot of your listeners run local businesses. They're in a very much a local environment. Mm. And Google AdWords and Facebook and all of these gigantic businesses are fantastic at convincing you that it's going to be the secret source to the rest of your business success. (laughs) but. But the truth <laughs> is, is that being able to zero in in social media or search marketing down at a local level is near lie impossible. And I would actually suggest to you that if it wasn't for Facebook closed groups that are, you know, for example, in Sydney here we have, a, you know, the living ones where you can be in Camaray or Surrey Hills or yep. Manly or whatever, that they're kind of worth it. But at a, at a, at a sustained level, it's a waste of money because you just become part of the white noise of that site. And in terms of search, uh, uh, I, I struggle with a, how to local area market in search. It just It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: I think that we're overlooking a really uh, crucial element here, and it's something that trade business owners don't do well, and that is to measure the return on their investment. And when you're talking about, you know, spending on those local searches that they do, Google AdWords, Facebook, newspaper advertising, all of that stuff, I don't think many of them are actually measuring how many clients they get out of that and what the job value is. And yet you're talking about a system that's low cost, very easy to use, and in one business alone it's improved the return bookings by 50 to 62%. That's a huge return on investment. So my challenge would be to all of the listeners to start mapping out test and measure, figure out what your return on investment is for your current advertising campaigns and then have a little think about, okay, is it worthwhile investing in that on a continuing basis moving forward? Because not all forms of marketing work for all businesses. The big conglomerates will have us thinking that they're going to and yet they really don't. And we become so brainwashed by this thought this is going to work because Facebook tells me it's going to work that we keep pushing forward on that that style of advertising without getting a return on investment
2: yeah uh, it, it's so it's so funny you say this so I'll give you a classic example of this so the first car company I went to work for in Australia my office was in Wetherill Park in southwest Sydney and my CEO lived in Castle Hill so we had to strategically have an outdoor billboard for that car brand <laughs> on his drive home and I can assure you that the cost of that was probably somewhere in the vicinity of $200,000 a year, all to make the CEO feel good on the way home.
1: <laughs> but that's so yeah, what so good. much marketing and advertising is basically that.
2: It is uh, a feel-good thing. My, my my challenge to most of your listeners who are, if they're struggling with what's just been described, is stop spending your marketing and see what change there is to your business to start yeah. with. Yeah, just literally stop it because all you're doing is making yourself feel good. Yeah, and turn up on time, well presented, look great, do a professional service, bill appropriately. Guess what? Remind them when they need it again. I I assure you that word of mouth and retention marketing will grow your business.
1: My personal theory on this, <clears throat> from observation over the years, and and having been in business for for more than twenty years, sort of gives you. Or gives me a bit of. Uh, with age comes a little bit of luxury of, uh, you know, perspective and and uh, some rearwards view of what's happened over the years. Once upon a time, you and I'm doing inverted commas here with my fingers, listeners. You had to be on television if you wanted to get customers. You had to have a TV ad. Or at least a radio ad. You know, you had to be on commercial radio. If you weren't on commercial radio, you just weren't going to get customers. Yellow Pages was the same. And then bus ads. You know, you had to have a bus ad. Uh, you had to be seen on the side of a bus driving around Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, wherever it is that you are. Uh, and and of the last maybe five years or so, perhaps a little longer, you have to be advertising on Facebook and Google. And it's the, it's the next have to but as Nicole said it's not actually backed by certainly not anymore by results uh, you know we see lots and lots of people I'm sure David you see the same thing of people chucking money at this because they fear that if they're not advertising on there they're missing out on that secret pot of gold at the end of the Facebook rainbow that apparently exists and it's an absolute furphy. Which most of the younger listeners won't have any idea what that is. It's a beer. Uh, <laughs> it's not even a beer.
2: It's a beer. <laughs> Very quite of you, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's it's a myth, uh, and yep. even if the results are there, again, going back to what Coxie said and what we've been talking about, the return on investment doesn't stack up compared to something like retention. Strategies like turning up on time, you know, sticking a freaking teardrop banner out the front of the house when you're doing the thing at the house. So, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, can I stick my thing in your lawn? I'll make sure I don't damage the camellia bush. And that flaps around on the street with your brand on it. And everybody in the street knows that you were there.
2: And here's here's another one, if you like it. So, my oven, or come back to my oven cleaner, mate. I said to him, I'll give you another tip. Whenever you go to a house, Go to the neighbours on either side and put an offer in the letterbox. Yep. Guess what? One in, ten, <laughs> one in ten. Unbelievable.
1: And you don't need to figure out the uh, the beast that is Facebook targeting. And as you said earlier, David, I think it's such a great point for for those of you listening to this, which you are if you just heard me say that. So I guess that's really a redundant statement. But uh, <laughs> Or maybe you've got this on but you're not listening to me because it's like Waz is talking again. It's the local stuff. It's the targeting that is such a difficult thing to get right with online platforms. You know, getting to, I don't know, wherever you are with your trade business uh, and actually targeting the people that you want to talk to, not just geographically but even interest-wise or, you know, income level or uh, lifestyle that they live because there's a certain – profile of your clients and Mm. you're not necessarily going to get that right anytime in the next 50 years on an online platform.
0: And that's changed. I think it's important to point out that with the new privacy changes within the iPhone and that's only just the beginning, you now have to opt in to be tracked. Who's going to opt in to be tracked? I'm not, which makes all of that online advertising redundant anyway. I can't find my clients there anymore. Mm. So it just, the whole concept of that online advertising is no longer relevant we have to move with the times and find the next thing that's going to work because Mm. it does change so frequently
2: and and on top of that i I, even though we're probably going to get a little technical but there are massive changes going to be occurring in the online advertising space in the next 12 months Mm. fundamentally google have made a decision to not allow what's called a tracking cookie to be placed on your browser anymore which will mean that the retargeted advertising specialists, the people who are convincing you that if you spend thousands of dollars of advertising with them, they actually can't retarget customers for you. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think I think the sentiment is right that you've got to go down a pathway which is measurable, which is affordable, and that actually works. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why we that's why we had a go at saying repeat bookings not the fix for everything. But it, it's, a, it's a systematic approach to one part of your business. And, you know, I'll give you, give you one tip was, um, you know, Tim, our oven cleaner, he goes, right, okay, so I know who all my customers are for the last 12 months, but I said to him, but what about your customers for the last five years? He goes, oh, oh, yeah, oh, I haven't spoken to a lot of them for a while. I said, that's the point, mate. <laughs> and so, so what we did was... So at Repeat Booking, what we do is you create an account and you extract from your software, whether or not you use Xero or MYOB or the filing box or your book or whatever it is you want to use, and all we ask you to do is just extract a CSV or a file which basically has the customer's first name, the customer's mobile phone number, and the date that you last saw them. That's Mm -hmm. all you need to put in. And then what we do is you upload it into the system and it fully automates a SMS from you that you choose that allows you to be able to send it, we send it on your behalf to your customers one year after that last invoice date. Now, what we did though with Tim was we took his customers from the second to fifth years ago and we just changed all the dates to say that we pretended that they all happened last year. So he's now regenerating and the reason why he's got such a growth in his business is that the customers from two, three, four, five years ago are coming back to him and going, oh, it's so good that you messaged me. I'd lost your number and I didn't know how to get a hold of you. <laughs> Miraculous. Yeah. Miraculous. So that's how simple get, uh, repeat booking is. And repeat booking, we do that for, depending on the size of your database, but call it a dollar a day.
1: And that answers a question I was going to throw out there just so people get a sense of how affordable these sorts of strategies are. And and I'll say, listeners, that something like this, now whether you use repeat booking or whether you do this a different way, it is one part of your overall marketing strategy, your arsenal, I guess. And you need to have multiple strategies running. And and by strategy, it could just mean tuck your shirt in and, and you know, wash your hands before you go to the next job like the the little things we talk a lot about the one percenters you know you add all the one percenters up and they make a bloody big difference mm. to what is you know a crowded marketplace no matter the trade we have we have trade businesses uh, try and convince us here at Trades in business that but it's different for them in landscaping you don't understand it's really competitive and it's like yes it is really competitive in landscaping. And plumbing, and electrical, and glazing, and building, and tiling—you and name it. It's a crowded marketplace, and you know the old strategies don't necessarily work. You can't just chuck thirty grand at a, a bus ad or a TV ad or something uh, and expect to get customers.
2: Yeah, customers want their. We say it in the car industry that customers want their hands held. Um, but I'll give you an interesting. Um, I'll give you an interesting model from the last car company I worked for. That car company starts with a T. It's quite large. (laughs) Um, There's a saying in that company which is they're only your customer if they buy from you twice.
1: Mm.
2: Otherwise, they're just on a test drive.
1: Mm. Mm. Yep.
2: So the minute that you actually have a customer who actually buys from you a second time, then you actually can call them your customer.
1: Mm. Mm. And then there's increasing levels beyond that of how engaged they are and how sticky they are, uh, and that takes work from the business to actually, you know, get people to uh, advocates and raving fans, you know, that start to actually refer business. You know, they're still they still almost teeter tottering at that level. Yeah, they're a customer, but what's going to get them coming back again?
2: But I mean, take my mother with the oven cleaner. She's been using a bloke for nine years and still doesn't know his telephone number. <laughs> yeah, but she's a really loyal customer. And you'll advocate for him all the time, Yeah, he doesn't have his telephone number and can't tell anybody how to get a hold of him. <laughs> yep. So if, that, if that's what loyalty is, then I think what the lesson out of it is, is you can't rely on the customer for everything. You've got to facilitate everything for the customer and make it easy for them. Really mm. easy.
1: mm and that I feel is the answer to my question of if you had a thousand tradies in a room, David, what's one piece of advice you would leave them with? Is there something different you'd like to to chuck in there?
2: Yeah, look, uh, we've obviously spoken to a lot of tradies in building repeat booking, so and we have a great deal of empathy and understanding for the long days that you know for some of them start at four thirty and five o'clock in the morning. Um. And I can imagine what it's like getting home at the end of the day and being confronted with MYOB or Zero and two kids and a wife that wants this and the footy game's on and he wants three beers. So my greatest piece of advice is you've got to find time once a quarter, once every half year, whatever it is, to say, I need to make sure that my systems are in place to sustain my business moving forward. That's my greatest piece of advice. because. Yes, we've got a thing called repeat booking, and we're perfect for a little company that might use a entry version of Zero or or MyOB. You know, there are other services out there like Trading Rate and the like that offer SMS services, but they're quite expensive services, and they're probably suited to sort of more medium-sized businesses mm. that have had to invest in that stuff. But um, but if you're a small business operator who, you know, you're just operating by yourself or you've got an offsider or you've got a, you know, a couple of bands, it's finding the time to have a systematic approach to it is is my greatest piece of advice. And there are people, like for example, if you wanted to sign up with repeat booking and you have a problem, we'll get on the phone and talk to you and we'll even fix up your database for you and update it. I mean, there are people out there who will help you.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. There are solutions that mean you don't have to spend seven hours on a Sunday night sorting all this out yourself. There's, yes. there's fantastic tech that's easy to use with great businesses that actually have people that you can talk to, <laughs> even in yeah. Australia these days. I mean, it's probably one of the big changes with uh, the last 18 months is you know we get to talk to lots more um, domestically-based call center operators that just kind of understand the market. They know where Castle Hill is, you know, and they kind of get it.
2: And there's two other tips I'll give you is always ask the customer what their mobile phone number is and always ask the customer how they found out about you. Mm.
1: Love it. Love it. David, um, it's been a great chat, mate. Uh, Listeners, there is a ton of stuff in there to hopefully let off another one of um, what I love to refer to as a brain grenade, a bit of an extreme vision, but uh, uh, there's there's – plenty of things you can do to keep your customers coming back um it is such a for us it's a no-brainer as as business coaches and business owners um but it's not always staring everybody in the face Uh, and i think that's the thing is how do we then go about doing that obviously david and the crew have a fantastic product there that works for you and there's plenty of other ways to do it depending on the size of your business so um david if people want to find out more about what you guys do um it's all the dubs repeatbooking.com.au if you're in australia and if they're somewhere else just drop the au and make it a dot com
2: yeah i mean we're operating just in australia at the moment we we, i think we're going to move it to new zealand at some point um you know it's taken us a long time to get the uh the tech right um really uh, appreciate you letting your your, um subscribers know about it um tech's not cheap tech (laughs) is um fraught with difficulties, and uh, but we wanted to make sure that it actually worked before we told anybody about it. So uh, it, it works fine, and I can tell you for the people using it right now, they're they're seeing some really good results.
1: Well, our listeners know that Coxie and I are absolute tech wizards based on the way we run sessions and podcasts and everything else and there may have been some Friday sarcasm in there. So, uh, (laughs) David, thanks for your time today, mate. Um, Fantastic product and uh, you're solving a big problem in the marketplace. So thank
2: you. Thanks, Pleasure. Thanks.
0: You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business, and other cool stuff at tradeisandbusiness.com.au.